0: Good afternoon to all and praise God for this day, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Today for our pastor's desk column, I have selected Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I will use a title as Leaving a Clear Trail. Leaving a Clear Trail. Hear, my children, the instructions of a father and give attention to no understanding, Proverbs 4 and 1. Native Americans of Michigan, where the state's first highway route, uh, engineers with few expectations, with few expectations, Michigan's major highways follow the trail they cut through wilderness hundreds of years before other men came along. A trail was twelve to eight inches wide, and for safety the people would follow single file. Then back horses followed the trail winding them. Later came uh, wagons, and trails became dirt roads, and then highways. In a similar way, Solomon followed the trail of his father, and in turn paved the way for his sons and grandsons. He did this by encouraging his sons to heed my instruction, just as he had followed the sound teaching of his father, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. I found this to be encouraging for me with the home going of my wife and the children's mother, Christine. My children have been and still is as obedient and strong in their mother's transition. Praise God and obedience. So this father, giving his son good practical and spiritual counseling, was passing on what he had learned from the boy's grandfather, David, who was called a man after God's own heart. 1st Samuel 13 and 14 Acts 13 and 22 The younger generation of believers often learn best about God from older family members Our physical and spiritual children watch the path we take it, we are taking As God's men and women let us make certain we cut a righteous, wise, and clear trail. Then, if ongoing generation choose to follow, trail can become a highway, an ongoing legacy to God's glory. I would like to take this time, take this opportunity, to give my children a great praise of thanks for their obedience and care for their father, Caleb. I don't want to leave out my wonderful son-in-law, Troy Small, Krista's husband, their two wonderful children, my grandchildren, Tyler and Taylor Small. And last but not least, the acts of kindness by so many of you have shown your love and respect. I don't want to leave out that good, tasty food that so many have shared with me. May God bless you, keep you always, is my prayer. And if by God's will, on the first Sunday, I hope to try to return to the pulpit. May God bless each listener and and friends as we go along. God is our strength. He is our way. He is our guide. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Our scripture today is from First Peter chapter four, verses seven through eight. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore of sound mind, and be sober unto prayer. Above all things, being fervent in your love among yourselves. For love covers a multitude of sins. Using hospitality one to another without murmuring, according as each has received a gift, ministering it among yourselves as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I read you first Peter four eight through ten, may the Lord have a blessing to the reading his word for the edification of our soul.
2: Amen. Let us bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, and all the things that you have done for us thus far, Lord. We know, Lord, there are many things going on in the world right now, Lord, and we have no control over them, but you do, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you because of who you are and what you have done for us in our life. And we know, Lord, that nothing, nothing can separate us from your love, Not, not death, not life, for we are more than converts, because you love us. You are our source of our love, our source of our salvation, our source of our eternal life. You are our all in all. Lord, we ask that you bless our pastor and his family, that you bless Monroe as a whole, and, Lord, that you bless all the people in the world. And then, Lord, bless the man of God who's going to bring your word, Lord, today. And, Lord, we ask that you cover us with your blood, lead, God and direct us in the way that you want us to go according to your will and keep us in your loving arms, Lord, in your loving arms for protection. Lord, we thank you, and we praise your holy name, and we give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the praise in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen,
1: and amen. I would like to thank, before I start, thank Pastor Wyatt for being a man of his word and being kind of who he is. I would like to thank him for giving me the opportunity to speak the word. I would like to thank, uh, first I want to give praise to God. For those who didn't know, in that last storm on Sunday, we had a a, a flood, and the village, you know, kind of flooded a lot, and we got hit hard ourselves. My basement was under maybe three or four feet of water. Um, but God prevailed, and he, he He brought us through. I'd like to thank Reverend Williams uh, for being a preacher of his word. He preached about uh, helping your neighbor. And he came by to my house after the storm and helped me get my water heater back uh, working because my furnace was out and my water heater. But God still prevails. Thank him for uh, his kindness um, of helping us out. Um, and other than that, I uh, get started and hope God' word be blessed on today. Father, I thank you now for who you are and what you can do. Lord, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to touch your word today. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto Thy sight, O oh Lord. Lord, You are our strength, and You are our Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name. Bless Your Word. Amen. I would like for you to turn to your, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark. In the book of Mark, Mark the fourteenth chapter. Go to the book of Mark, the fourteenth chapter, starting at the 32nd verse. Mark 14, starting at the 32nd verse. And it reads, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here a while, I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed, and to trouble. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch going a little further. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible. The hour might pass from him. Our father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me yet. Not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to them, to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. If I can leave a subject to you in the subject line, my subject will be don't sleep on Jesus. I say it again, don't sleep on Jesus. The story was told that a man worked 12 hours a day. Every night when he got home, he just couldn't. Get to sleep. After so many tries of going to sleep on his own, he decided to go see a doctor. The doctor examined him and said his heart was too weak to take sleeping pills. He tried asking a hypnotist, but they told him his brain was up in age to be hypnotized. He called his friend, and his friend advised him, to take three shots of whiskey he decided against that because he might get tested by uh, those on his job one night he tossed and turned until he couldn't take it no more so he called his mother and told her he did what, all the things that he had did and he still couldn't get to sleep after hearing her son uh, she told him son You're getting older now. Welcome to my world. But I know of a cure. The man got excited and asked her for the cure. She said, well, son, before I tell you, I need to give you a word from the Lord. God told me to read this to you first. Open up your Bibles to John 1. It says, in the beginning, was the word? The man fell asleep. And these times, such as we are in now, some folks would like to know what the future looks like or what it holds for them. With uncertainties of what's going on, uh, what's going to happen, anxiety and anxiety is, is running high. The concerns of not having enough money, the debate of opening up churches over health and the lives of people, paying your bills and putting food on the table, is getting uh, mind boggling. The thought of uh, being short on paying rent or your mortgage or even your condo. But God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love, and of a sound mind. David had something of this thought, uh, but he, reminded, he remembered what God uh, said to him, or he said to God, I was once young, but now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So don't sleep on Jesus. Some folks would like to understand the reasoning of the unknown, but what I come to understand is that Jesus knows what lies ahead, and he knows the reason why. Uh, why is the Garden of Gethsemane so important? My brothers and sisters, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the Garden of, of Gethsemane, there wouldn't be a, a, a cross on Calvary. It is in this place where we see Jesus, who was God, and yet who was human. Gethsemane is a place of transition. In other words, there was a change about to happen in that garden. Can I tell you, in this garden, Jesus gives us three things, preparation, preparation, purpose, and prosperity. I'm going to say that again. Jesus gives us in this garden preparation, purpose, and prosperity. You know the story. Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples, sharing in the Last Supper on earth with them. Judas leaves to go betray Jesus. They head out to Mount Olive, where we find a garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane in the biblical history, it is called the olive press. It symbolizes the weight Jesus carried as he went to the cross. It was the symbolic to the human burden of Christ Jesus' time. Here in this place, we have olive trees, which produce olive, which produces olive, in which you make olive oil. Olive oil was very important during that time. Not only was it uh, used for food, but the oil was used for lighting lamps. It was used for a uh, preserving agent. It was, uh, uh, was a lubricant for the skin. It was used to anoint kings. The Bible calls it a precious oil because of the process of the cracking of the oil was a great task. See, a whole, uh, a whole olive was put uh, in a basin, in which a millstone would be uh, put on the oxen, which would pull the millstone over the olive to crack the olive. And the cracking of the olive would signify the releasing of the oil. See, the pressure of the olive made the oil drip into a pit in the base of the garden, and that's where the oil would be collected. My brothers and sisters, can I tell you there, are, there could be no oil without the crushing, without the pressure on the olive. In other words, God is saying today, in your preparation, God has to crush your spiritual thinking to prepare you for your destiny if you want, to, uh, if you want uh, God to do something extraordinary in your life, you have to go through the process of the pressure test. See, when God puts you through the pressure test uh, so that your preparation of what's to come when the enemy tries to crush you, many of us uh, don't want to go through the crushing of the pressure, but it's the pressure that leads you, To your purpose, Jesus now takes his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, in the garden with him, and says to them, uh, "Sit here a little while, while I uh, pray." Uh, See, sometimes when you are overwhelmed, because Jesus said, "I am overwhelmed," you need your closest friends next to you. Jesus had to spiritually transform to his Humanist transformation. Jesus has to feel what you and I feel in times of stress and sorrow. He needed to feel what you and I and uh, feel in times of trouble. Uh, what you and I feel in times of agony. He asked uh, for this cup to be passed of him. Uh, what see, what Jesus saw in that cup, not only the brutality uh and the 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 beatings and the the beauty that he was going to go was he was going to endure. He was not able, he was able to tape that. He saw in this cup adultery, murders, liars, backbite, all the sins the world had, he took on himself. He was able to take on that. The worst agony he saw and felt in that darkest time, in that darkest hour, was God the Father would not be able to look upon God the Son. There was going to be a separation between them. See, the sinless Son of God had to take on the sins of this world so that we could be eternally saved. Oh, that's a good one right there. I've got to say that again. The sinless son of God has to take on the sins of this world so that we could be eternally saved. Uh, He's overwhelmed, so he has to go back to his homies after he prayed to get comfort, but he finds them asleep again. I thank God Almighty. He shows us in this verse 36 to focus on our purpose. Our Father. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, Uh, yet not as I will, but what you will. In other words, Father, I thank you for reminding me, without you saying even a, a word, of my purpose for coming into this world. See, I ask you, I asked you, Lord, to send me to be a living sacrifice. Monroe family, there's a purpose. While God has you in this world, the experiences you have had in your life and pushing, it's pushing you forward towards your destiny. God has deposited in you something that will bring glory to his name. Uh, Anybody been sick and he healed your body, you should glorify his name. Anybody been down and out? and you didn't see no way out, but God brought you out. You ought to glorify his name. Anybody been down to their last dime, and God showed up right on time. You ought to glorify his name. People of God, before you walk into your destiny, you must go through a Gethsemane experience. And when you get into that place in your life, don't fall asleep on Jesus. Jesus went back again to pray. He came back, and they were asleep once again. Jesus said, could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Uh, Second Peter will help us out with this. Uh, it says, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. In other words, every new victory with a soul gain is the effect of a new prayer. And the greatest temptation, a single look to Jesus I barely and barely call his name will overcome the wicked one. And Jesus, as Jesus was praying, there were other folks watching him pray other than Peter, James, and John. The devil was watching, hoping he doesn't drink from the bitter cup. Angels were watching, waiting for one word from Jesus. They saw Judas and the Roman soldiers marching marching up the road to arrest Jesus. And at any command, any word, they would have swooped down and destroyed them with one blow. God was watching, but he couldn't say a word because he said in his word, For this cause, I came into the world. (laughs) Jesus came back and found his disciples asleep for the third time. They couldn't even say anything to him because they knew they had failed him again. Jesus said, as I close, the hour has come. Look, the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let us go. Let us go. Here is your prosperity, Monroe. Jesus allowed himself to be apprehended. I'm going to say that again. Here's your prosperity. Jesus allowed himself to be apprehended. See, if you knew who Jesus was, you would understand that he didn't have to do it. One word from Jesus again, and life as we know it uh, wouldn't even be today. Uh, In the last, then, of the hour Jesus could have ended this world. But because of his preparation, because of his purpose, because of his love, Jesus brought prosperity to our lives because he allowed himself to be apprehended, because he surrendered to the will of the Father. Uh, And now you and I can live. So what an awesome, and how awesome, it was uh, as we thank God uh, for what he has done. Uh, he was thinking about you and I. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world today. Pandemic, masking up, opening up the nation too soon, sickness or death. Can I tell you, uh, we can affirm that Jesus is true to his word. He told us in Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you uh, and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Don't sleep on Jesus, for the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give you grace and glory. Here's the shout. No good thing will I behold from those who walk upright, Uh, 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 Psalm 84. Don't sleep on Jesus. God said, I sent my word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So now you can walk into your prosperity. Uh, don't sleep on Jesus. Don't think about your problems. Don't think about your situation, troubles, heartaches, or pain. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in, and we'll share a meal together as friends. Church family and believers, I'm telling you, don't sleep on Jesus. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I thank you again for your word. Lord, I hope it goes on good ground. I hope somebody was blessed by your word. Father, we're not going to sleep on you. We're going to believe and trust in your every word. I don't care what's going on around us today. We're coming into a Memorial Day, period. But, God, you are still yet on the throne. We lift up our eyes from the hills which come at our help. Let us be blessed on this Memorial Day holiday. And, God, let everything be well as you have it to be. Bless everyone uh, under the sound of my voice. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Don't sleep on
2: Jesus'